Hi, I'm Valerie Moisel. Over 20 years ago, I co-founded my company with a creative spark, an entrepreneurial spirit, and a fearless attitude. I've long dreamed of sharing a space where I can interview successful women and hear them talk from their hearts about how they found their way. What I'm learning is it's not such a linear path. We all have what I call the four S's, the initial spark, the snag which trips you up, the shift that helps you find your way to the final S, success. No, not always in that order, and yes, sometimes the steps repeat. Together, we will learn from each other and be inspired. These are women who rule. This is She Dynasty. Gigi Goldman will be joining us today. Gigi is the co-founder of Kapari Beauty, which is an incredible skincare and beauty line that's made using 100% organic coconut oil. The company is only three years old, and they're already in 2,000 retail doors and have a very strong digital presence. They've been graced on the pages of every major magazine, and they've also attracted some very high-profile investors who just love the brand. I ended up meeting Gigi when I went to see a panel of female entrepreneurs speaking. I was so blown away by her passion, her energy, and her story. The entire crowd was so wowed by everything she had to say. I think what got me the most excited, though, is when I learned that she started this company at the age of 40. For many, that can be very intimidating. As soon as I heard that, I knew I had to have her on the She Dynasty podcast. Before Gigi gets here, I'd like to introduce you to Callie Kivistad. She is my new executive assistant and public relations assistant at The Woo. Today is her second day on the job, so we're throwing her in the deep end, and I'm excited to have you here today, Callie. I'm excited to be here. Well, you know that Gigi is coming, and I've had you do a ton of research on her products. Um, Tell me why this podcast was interesting for you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a bit of a beauty junkie myself. I subscribe to a few beauty bags where I get samples every month, so I love trying new products, and I was super excited when I heard about hers. What are some questions you'd like to ask Gigi today? I wanted to ask about her co-founder, Kiana. She is of a younger generation. I wanted to see what it's been like working with her and how she feels that they learn from one another. And then another thing I noticed when I was just looking into their company, they work with some nonprofit organizations like F Cancer, which is dedicated to early prevention and detection of cancer and Waves for Water, which provides clean water for communities. And I just wanted to know what drew them to those causes. I think those are two great questions. So when she gets here, we'll find out. Awesome. Hi, Gigi. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm happy to be out of the car, to be honest. I know you drove all the way from San Diego, California to be here today. Yeah, excited to be in LA, spend a lot of time here for work, Um, and after this I'm heading to an influencer brunch for our um, deodorant. You are a busy, busy woman. Yes. So I, as I mentioned before, I met you because I went to see you speak on a panel of other entrepreneurial women, Mm -hmm. and I was very inspired to hear you speak. I think what was so exciting to me was 
your kind of warmth and how sincere you were. But also you mentioned, I think you were one of the only people up on the stage that was um, a little bit older than everybody else. And you said that you had started this company at the age of 40. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people are surprised by that, including myself in some ways. Um, I think you have this vision of your life and that a lot of that life happens, you know, when you're younger. But I've never been inhibited by my age or felt it to be a burden. In fact, I feel like every year that I live, it's a gift and I learn so much. And it just happened to be a time in my life where my youngest was going to kindergarten. And I was like, let's get this party started again. My kids are all in school and I want to live my dreams. And I thought to myself, you know, I rather know that I tried than always wonder what if. I think that's so important. You know, I have so many friends that are in their 40s, and a lot of them have jobs. They've been doing something for, you know, the past 20, 25 years, and they have dreams of things that they want to do. And I constantly have, you know, because I'm in marketing, a lot of them will come to me and they'll say, I have this great idea. How do I get it off the ground? We'll talk about it, and then they kind of talk themselves out of it just because, Ugh, I'm too old and there's so many young people, you know, these millennials and Gen Z um, generation are coming up and doing all these amazing ideas that if I put something out there, it's not going to feel fresh, you know. And so when I heard you say that you did this at 40, I thought, you know, this is a story that everyone has to hear. And for all of my friends who are out there who are listening It's never too late. I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60. When you have a good idea and it makes sense and you surround yourself with the right people, it's like magic. I totally agree. And I think it's never too late is really important for all of us to hear. And I always think, you know, we think of like beginnings and ends, but instead we can think about our life like chapters and every chapter can be a new beginning. So I think if you think of it that way, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm 40 and it's over. It's like, okay, what does this chapter, what, how am I going to write this chapter in my life? Totally agreed. Well, you've had incredible success in a very short period of time. I mean, I think mostly just about the buzz that your company mm-hmm. is creating. When I heard you speak, I'm not going to lie, I hadn't tried your products. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've had a lot of people talk to me about coconut oil. I remember a friend a few years ago telling me that I should use it, you know, as we're aging, makes your skin softer. I remember going down in my kitchen, grabbing a bottle of coconut oil, putting it on my skin and thinking, oh my gosh, there's not a chance that I would use this. It's too greasy and no thank you. So when I heard you speak and then decide you to have you on the podcast, I decided that I had to go out and buy some products. One was the Coconut Melt and I was really surprised when I opened it because it was this kind of solid, really beautiful product. And then when you touch it, it literally melts in your hand. Mm -hmm. What's really interesting about it is at first it feels a little bit you know, like oil, but the second you put it on your skin, it doesn't. It just absorbs. And then this idea of putting coconut oil on my face, Mm -hmm. um, that was a little bit scary because I wasn't sure how my skin would react. And, you know, I think as we're aging, it's very confusing. You walk into the stores, there's a billion products, right? Exactly. And everyone claims something different Mm -hmm. and it's going to erase this and it's going to do that and it's going to make this softer and it's really hard to navigate it. And what I loved was how simple this product was. And gosh, you've spoken to so many points that really inspired us to create this brand. Um, Simplicity for me was key. I'm a multitasking mom. I've got three kids, as you can see, because I walked in the door and already got a call from the school. Um, I work full time. I'm a sister, a daughter, and it's a lot. 
And when I go to my beauty routine, I want it to be something that's simple, approachable, and gives results. And that's really why we launched this line. Um, not only for its simplicity and effectiveness, but I fell in love with coconut oil much like you did. I was using it in the kitchen and I was cooking with it because I was really concerned about health and wellness for my kids. And out of pure convenience and chaos, I started wiping it on my skin, using it on my hair, using it on my kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got a sunburn? Put on coconut oil. Chap lips? Coconut oil. Oh my God, you're sad? Put coconut oil on it. I mean, it literally became my solve for everything. But what I realized is the coconut oil in the grocery store didn't quite cut it. Right. So we searched the globe and we found the most premium coconut oil on small family farms in the Philippine Islands. And our coconut oil is different because of the way we process it. So it's never exposed to extreme temperatures or interactive metals. It's small batch. So we just choose the most premium coconuts. It's kind of like wine, right? Right. You've got your $2 bottle and your $40 bottle, and it's all about where you get those grapes and how you nurture them, right, and love them. That's really what sets our coconut apart, our coconut oil. We also use every part of the coconut. We're using um, the water. We're creating products with the milk. Oh, we're, I love it. Yeah, and we have co- crushed coconut shells in our body scrub. Um, The other thing we're doing is we're taking coconut oil and kicking it up a notch with other natural ingredients. So we use avocado oil, aloe vera, all of these other great ingredients that are wonderful for the skin. You brought up one point that I really want to address. There are so many different opinions and theories on coconut oil. Is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Can you eat it? Should you not? Should you use it on your skin? Our coconut oil, um, especially in our skincare products, is lightweight and specifically created for use on the face. It's non-comedogenic, it hydrates like no other, and it's wonderful for the skin. I can honestly say I spend a lot of money on beauty products, and I've been using the coconut face cream now for about two weeks. I literally see a difference in my skin like how hydrated i am mm-hmm. i literally want to throw all that other stuff away and just back to something so simple simple simplicity simplicity and i think that it carries over outside of our beauty routine and that was one of the things i shared with you when you you know pre-interviewed me it's like keep it simple from your day to your beauty routine to your friendships to your business decisions i feel like the simplest answer is usually the right one So I understand that you have your products at Sephora and at Ulta and at Nordstrom's. Mm -hmm. Those are really big retailers. I mean, again, in three years, the fact that you have gotten into those is incredible. How did you even approach them? How does that even work? Yeah, so um, I have the chills after you saying that because it's so crazy. You know, every day I'm just leading my life, and I think it's important that we all take a step back and go, wow, and... We don't do that as often as we should, but we were really fortunate. Six months after we launched, and we just launched direct-to-consumer, basically every major retailer in the country called us. And we would get the emails, and we were literally on the floor, like rolling around, dying, screaming. But where was your first place that you actually sold it? Like, what was your first store? So we, online? So we first launched online. Got so it, it was kaparibeauty.com. And beyond launching online with our website, 
We had a really strong and aggressive digital marketing um, strategy. We also had an Instagram channel that really represented the essence of the brand. And the brand is so much more than a product. It's so much more than coconut and natural, which are two things that are really important and are trending right now. But it's about a lifestyle. It's about that inspirational lifestyle that we're all trying to achieve health and wellness from the inside out, inspiring others, and just being our best selves all the time. And I think that came through in our Instagram feed. Um, We also early on had a lot of um, influencers that were naturally attracted to the brand. So I think those three things are really what put us on the map. Great. And tell us about the name Kapari. What does it mean? Where did it come from? How did you come up with that? Okay, so finding a name for your brand is super hard. So hard. Once you find it, you're like, the light bulbs go off and the stars start shining. Great. But I love how we found this name. So I call my best friend in Chicago and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're searching for a name. We can't figure it out. We had all these different ideas and just none of them hit me. And her husband, who's 6'8", has never used a beauty product in his life. It's like, hey, I found this uh, word on the internet called Kapari. And the first civilization to realize you could extract oil from a coconut called the meat of the coconut, Kapari. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And the fact that you found it and you're a guy who never uses beauty products is even funnier. Um, And so the second my husband and I heard it, We knew it was the right name. Wow, the definition is perfect. The definition is perfect. I think the name's just beautiful. It just feels simple. Um, And also it wasn't taken. So it wasn't trademarked. A miracle. Which is huge. Um, So you literally went to Kapari.com and it didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. That's a miracle. Yeah, Kapari.com, Kapari Beauty. Beautiful. Okay, so let's back up for a second, because I understand that this isn't an industry that you've been in your entire life. Mm -hmm. So right out of college, um, I understand that you were interested in being a newscaster. Yeah. Tell us about that journey a little bit. I became interested in journalism in college. I wrote on the school newspaper. And um, the next step after that was I wanted to be a reporter. So I got an internship um, covering one of the political conventions in San Diego. And then from there, I got a job at a local news station as a writer. And every day when I finished work, I would ask one of the reporters if I could go out with them and shadow them and, you know, try stand-ups and try creating news stories. And the reporters there were really kind in letting me do that. And then I went um, literally state to state, knocking on doors with news directors trying to get a job and getting a job in the TV business, even at $18,000 a year in a random town that no one wants to live in is really hard. There's just so much competition. There's so much competition and everyone's looking for something very specific. So they may be like, you're great, but that's not who we're looking for, you know, right now. Um, So it was really defeating in a lot of ways, but I never gave up. At the time, I was dating my now husband, who I've been married to for 17 years, who also works at Kapari. And um, I finally got a job in Beaumont, Texas, which literally I had never stepped foot in in my life. So I would send out my tapes, and I got a call back, and I was so excited. And my husband uh, now husband looked at me and was like, wait, you're moving to Beaumont, Texas? Like, I want to kind of propose to you. And I was like, if I don't live my dream for a year... 
I will forever regret it. And so I'll, you left and you went to Beaumont, Texas. So I left. He dropped me off Aww. and um, we broke up actually for six months. Then six months later, I went back to San Diego just to visit friends and we reconnected and um, he's like, so is the year still stand? And I'm like, yeah, I will be back a year to the day. Cause I'm like, I don't want to hold this against you in 10 years. That's so smart. I love it. So you did it for a year. I did it for a year. And I've said this to people. I'm like, you really, everything you're doing in your life, all the dots connect later. Like I was wondering why was I a reporter for a year? And like, it kind of just disappeared from my life. And now at Kapari, there's so many situations where I'm in interviews or I was on QVC and I'm like, all of those skills I learned as a reporter gave me the confidence to do my job today. Agreed. My very first job was um, in retail as a sales girl. And I really remember before I had that job, how shy I was and how hard it was for me to talk to people and look people in the eye. And, you know, we don't realize how every experience that you have in your life um, pulls forward to what you're doing. And those experiences are invaluable in making you successful. I 100% agree. And that's why we all need to appreciate where we are today and what we're learning and just make sure to carry it with us. All right, tell us about some jobs that you had after uh, the reporting gig. So I was a reporter, came back to San Diego. I was in PR and marketing. And then my um, most recent job before I stayed at home for 12 years with my kids was I was in um, investor relations and marketing for a biotech company. Interesting. So I would interact with a lot of the investors. Um, We did presentations. press releases, interacted with the media. So yeah, it was a completely different business. But again, all those skills I learned. Came in very handy for what you're doing today. Exactly. So then you took 12 years off. I took 12 years off. And one, I feel blessed that I had the choice. Two, I um, have developed an incredible bond with the kids. And it's really, I think, where I've learned the most in my life. I think parenthood you love so much and there's so many challenges and I think you learn so much from your kids. And I understand that when you started Kapari, you formed a partnership with a few people. Mm -hmm. So tell us about how that's structured. So um, basically, Bryce and I, when we had the concept, we started meeting with labs and um, fragrance houses, and we just got the whole ball rolling. So we just went to our buddy, James Brennan, who we went to college with, and he was a serial entrepreneur, and he started Suja Juice and a restaurant chain. And we're like, hey, we just want to talk to you about uh, this idea we have, and we want to ask you what attorney we should use, and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you are never going to believe this. Three people have come to me with a similar concept in the past month. And James is one of those guys. He goes from zero to 100 in like 24 hours. And Bryce and I are more like steady Eddie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you need that yin and that yang. For sure. Especially when you're launching an entirely new company. So he goes, one of those people was Kiana Cabell. And I'm going to introduce you. We met a month later, we launched the company. So he introduced you, you guys had a similar concept and you decided to join forces and do it together. Yes. And um, at one time someone had asked me, was that hard for you? And 
It's funny, this company would not be what it is without the four of us. We've all brought unique perspectives, unique talents, and we have put those energies into Kapari, and Kapari is what it is today because of all four of us. Two of the co-founders are women and two are male. I think it's a perfect balance. So we've got Kiana and I, and then my husband and James, and I think uh, you know, we've all known each other for a while, too. So I think there's a real respect um, on each of our opinions, and we all have equal weight. At the end of the day, um, with my husband's role as CEO, it's really his final decision on a lot of these things. But I feel like we all add our own unique perspective, and it's taken into consideration. Um, so I think we've got a really good, respectful um, insightful group of co-founders. And you guys have done the really smart where each of you kind of owns a different piece of what you do at the company. Can you explain that? Exactly. So I'm really focused on the retail component, um, interacting with the retailers, developing those relationships and the strategy around that. Um, Kiana is really focused on content and product development. Bryce, again, as I said, is a CEO, and James not only consults on all of those aspects in terms of strategy, but he also does a lot of the fundraising. So again, like we all bring those unique talents, and it's like the perfect synergy. Right. You all kind of stay in your own lane. Yeah, we do. And then we come together when we need to, and we all ask each other's opinion, and no one's too egotistical or big to not consider the others. I think the four of us coming together is what made Kapari so big and so unique. When I heard you speak at the panel, you talked about um, how important it was to find your white space. Mm -hmm. And that you really saw and felt that there was, you know, this opportunity to bring something new to the market that didn't really exist. So can you talk a little bit about white space and how important that is to launching a brand? A hundred percent. It's really important to be able to answer the question, how are you different? What sets you apart? And I think there were um, four key things, and it's the combination of those four key things that really set us apart. One, coconut. Were there other coconut brands? Yeah, but did anyone plant their flag and own coconut? Two, um, making products that are clean. All of our products are silicone, sulfate, paraben, folate-free, aluminum-free. We have a list of 30 other items that are not included, but I just mentioned those because you're all familiar with them. And we recently received the clean seal from Sephora. Three, a lifestyle and a personality. That is what really separates us. If you listen to our voice, we say, we give a stiff middle finger to sulfates. Like, it's playful, it's fun, it's bold. Kapari is like the girlfriend you want to go to coffee with every day. It's not just a product that you're buying and using. Um, and again, it's about that lifestyle. It's inspirational. It's transportive. People want more. And again, that all comes from us co-founders. You'll see on all of our packaging, we have a wave. My husband's a huge surfer, and that was part of the inspiration. And Kiana's dad is actually a professional surfer. So again, it was that perfect mix of coconut, clean products at work, and a lifestyle that I think really separated 
Kapari. Well, I have to congratulate you guys as someone who you know works in marketing. I'm gonna you know my creative director. I have to say you guys have built a flawless brand. I mean, from everything from the name to your packaging to the way you represent yourself, every touch point feels like one idea. Kudos to you and your team for achieving that. I so appreciate the compliment, and I want to say that we thought about that before it came out, but it really came from an authentic place. And I think that's why it works. Like we don't need to think about it. It's coming from our heart. Perfect. Okay. So without getting into too much crazy detail, Mm -hmm. I want to help people understand just a bit how you, you get an idea for a product. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you wake up one morning and you decide that you have this incredible idea. You want to fill this white space. How do you turn an idea, a thought in your head, to you're actually holding a product in your hand? And I know it's a long journey, but tell us kind of the key moments or steps that you had to take to get there. You become an investigator, okay? I knew zero. I found the lab. I found the fragrance house. I asked the fragrance house, teach me about fragrances. You've got aromatic extracts, you've got natural oils, you've got synthetic fragrance. And I became a student and an investigator. I collected all of the assets and the information I needed, and we just moved forward. So once we found the lab, um, we knew what products we wanted to create. We also worked with them to create innovative products. Um, We had a vision that we wanted to create products that made natural sense with um, coconuts, multi-uses, and benefits. So we always knew we wanted to be cross-category, which I think is another thing that separated us. Skin, body, personal care. I mean, who thought Kapari would be launching a deodorant that is becoming our number one skew? But it just made sense with the brand. Um, So you're an investigator, you're a student, you surround yourself with people who had experience like James Brennan and fundraising and in digital. He had a lot of experience in that arena. Um, And then you just put one foot in front of the other every day and you start executing. Okay, so you have the information Mm -hmm. and this it sounds like the second part of this was you surrounded yourself with the right people. Mm -hmm. Um, At some point you probably had to go out and get some investors. And Mm -hmm. so tell us about that, how did that work? So we started with friends and family and um, just the validation that we received that everyone wanted to invest. And that was enough to carry us through our first year. And after that first year, because we had a knock on the door from every retailer and our digital business was doing really well, and we had signed up to partner with Sephora, we were exclusive with them for the first year, um, it was easy to get that next round of funding. And I wouldn't say easy, we were able to get it. Right, but you had some credibility now. We had credibility and validation, and that was really big. And not only did we partner with Catterton, which is an incredible investment firm, but a lot of stars also invested, like Mila Kunis and Carly Kloss and Hilary Duff, Shay Mitchell. So that validation really put us on the map and we were able to move full force ahead. So besides the four of you, once you started and you actually decided to open a company, what other key positions did you have to put in place? So the first person we hired, well, of course, a CFO. Um, And then the first person we hired after that was head of digital. Um, Digital was our strategy from the 
beginning, you develop a direct relationship with the customer. We really felt that's where beauty was moving. We also wanted to take that omni-channel approach and really be everywhere that you guys shop. So not only did we want to be in the digital space and really own that and excel at that, but that's why we're also in retail. And I think the combination of both is really important. I think you've got a lot of brands who are only digital and you've got a lot of brands who started in retail and are going to digital, which I think is harder than what we're doing. Um, But it's a new world and the world is changing every day and it's changing really quickly. So our goal is to always be one step ahead. So as wonderful as this all sounds, this journey in three years, you've done such incredible things. I'm positive that you've had a few snags along the way. And can you think of, you know, a story or something that happened that was really discouraging? I think for me, and by the way, a retailer didn't say no, so we're super lucky. And I think that's super unusual. Um, I think for me, there have been so many firsts over the past three years that it's been exhilarating, exhausting, scary, challenging. It's been this mixed bag of emotions. And to always be working off adrenaline and at such a high-functioning level for three years is really hard. It's hard on you, on your marriage, because I'm working with my husband too, and on the family. And so... At the end of the day, it's not one thing. It's just been a couple of things. and I, So it's the stress of all of it that kind of yeah, gets you. It is. And and it's really also trying to like balance that stress with the appreciation of like, oh my gosh, look at what we've created. And people ask me that all the time. And I'm like, I don't have time to think about it. Like I walk in the door at five, I'm cooking dinner, doing laundry, and like making the schedule for the week, you know, because I'm still a regular mom too. So what keeps you up at night when it comes to Kapari? I'm no longer up at night. I think that we've gotten to a place where we're like, I know it's huge. Um, And trust me, we've had a lot of sleepless nights. And when you and your husband are having sleepless nights, it's hard um, because we're in it together. I think I've gotten to a place where I'm like, every day I'm going to give 110%, but it's also just coconut oil, right? And it's a brand that I really believe in from my heart. So I feel like it's all going to work out because we're doing everything, you know, very consciously and um, we've got the foundation. So I I don't stay up anymore at night. Um, Now who keeps me up at night is my teenage son. (laughs) Yes, that's a a whole nother story. (laughs) I have a teenage daughter, so I understand. Yeah. I want to hear about that first moment when you and your partners looked at each other and said, Uh, I think this is a go. I think this company is going to be a hit. So there were, I'd say, two big moments. Um, One, when we were a digital-only brand, we had an insane sales day. And we're like, oh my gosh, we found it. It's connecting. We've made it. And we all went out to this celebratory dinner. By the way, like now that sales day would look small three years later. But for us, it was huge. And we're like, my gosh, people love the brand. And then I think the second thing was when we received all those emails from retailers. I mean, it was like on our customer service email and Sephora's emailing, Ulta's emailing, Nordstrom, uh, you know, 
Urban Outfitters, Anthro, Free People, and it all came around the same time. And we're like, pinch me, is this really happening? Yeah, and I think that everyone listening needs to understand how huge that is. The fact that you didn't have to court them, that they came to you, that's when you know you have something really special happening. So congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, that was definitely our aha moment. And interestingly enough, you know, before we started the brand, there were so many people who said, you're not going to just get that into Sephora or 98% of, you know, startups fail. And it's so funny because while it bothered me, I never let it stop me. So I've heard you mention that your brand is a very data driven brand. Mm -hmm. And for those listening who don't quite understand what that means, can you explain it? Of course. So like I said, our direct-to-consumer business is a big part of our DNA, and it's a big sales driver. And what we're able to do with that direct-to-consumer channel is really collect data. So what product do you want to see next? Which product do you like better? Are you more interested in an eye balm or an eye cream? Um, We're able to see what their repurchase rate is. So what are they buying first? What are they buying second? How long does it take them to come back and purchase? So really simple data, um, and we use that not only to drive sales, but also make our product decisions because our customer is our advocate. They also know what they want, and when you see the majority of those people saying, I want a certain product, like that's really great instead of us just sitting in our office saying, what do we want to create today? So we really look to our customer to guide us in a lot of different ways. So you've obviously put some spending behind a digital and social buy to connect, but you've also had a lot of organic growth as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of both. It's a combination of both. So people just telling friends about it or influencers falling in love with your product and talking about it. Do you do a lot in the influencer space as well? Yes, so influencers are critical to any brand today. We take a unique approach. We really try and develop those relationships with influencers, and we work with influencers who are really interested and invested in the brand. Um, The other thing we also do beyond influencers is we do a lot of organic community events. I was in Chicago last week, and we just popped into a SoulCycle class and handed out deodorant to everyone. Two weeks ago, I was in Montreal, and we did an influencer and um, exercise class. Because again, it's about health, wellness, and connecting with the community and consumer. You know, you keep talking about the deodorant, and I haven't tried it yet. And I'm, I've, okay. I've been one of those people that's used, you know, I'm probably ashamed to say it, but like secret my entire life. So is it going to work? Is it, does it make me not sweat? Like, I don't, I'm worried. I know. And so are so many other people, but read the reviews and try it. And you are going to be forever hooked. I'll never go back. You'll never go back. Once you go Coco Dio, you'll never go back. Coco Dio. I like that. We just received the 2018 Allure Best of Beauty Award for the deodorant. So is this your number one bestseller right now? It is our number one bestseller Every editor publication has written about it. The reviews are insane, and it's flying off the shelf. We can hardly keep it in stock. And it's not even one of the products you started with. No, we just launched it in January, and the customer spoke, and that's what they wanted. So I think what's unique, and that's the number one question I get. They're like, Gigi, your products are clean, but do they work? Because we've also all associated like clean with not being so effective and great. So I think that's really the reason our deodorant's been put on the map is because it's aluminum-free, it's baking soda-free, 
and it actually works. And I'm assuming those things are really bad for you. Well, baking soda is not necessarily bad for you. It just clogs your pores. And what we don't want to happen is aluminum and baking soda clogs the pores so you're not able to release sweat. And then all those toxins are just sitting in that area that's really near a lot of important stuff, right? Um, So we want to let be able to sweat but what our deodorant does is not only does it absorb the sweat um, it also eliminates the bacteria which causes the odor on the skin now i'm going to be totally honest with you too though if you've used aluminum-based deodorant for 20 years there's going to be a transition period people it's going to feel different exactly and it's just like when you stop drinking coffee you have a headache for a couple days like you don't just start using a clean deodorant and all of a sudden everything's perfect. It's kind of like the transition between regular milk to almond milk. You yeah. Get, you get used to it after a while. Exactly. And, and your then, body gets used to it, right? Your body is so amazing. It adapts so easily. So I would say, you know, give yourself about 10 days, drink a ton of water, um, and just be prepared for your body kind of to let out those toxins. And then once you do, it will get used to whatever you use. Fantastic. Well, I'm definitely going to try it after that. So if somebody was going to um, try your brand for the first time, what would be the three must-have products to get? I would say it's our coconut deodorant, our coconut melt, and our lip glossy. Those are definitely top our top three selling SKUs. Um, the other thing that I personally love, well, I use all of it, of course, of course. and not just because I'm a co-founder, because I'm addicted to it all. Our skincare routine, which you mentioned earlier, it's simple, it's effective, it leaves your skin hydrated and glowing, and it's not complicated. So I really love that routine as well. We're going to have to try it all. So Gigi, we've learned so much about you and your company and what drives you. Um, I think what I really want to hear you talk about is what actionable advice would you give to anyone who's listening, who's thinking about launching a brand? Just do it. There's a million reasons that you can find why not to, but if there's one reason that's more important to you, then just do it. Be reasonable. Like in the first year, my husband and I worked two jobs. You know, we really planned for it. Um, So if it didn't succeed, we had a backup plan. But there's never going to be the perfect time. People are like, I want to wait till I'm this or get this done. No, just do it. Yeah, I mean, I believe that um, 99% of success is as simple as just following through. And Mm -hmm. so many people have amazing ideas and they don't realize that if they just take action, you know, those ideas can become a reality and the reality can be successful. Completely. So beyond just doing it, um, once you do do it, I think this carries throughout life. Play to your strengths and don't try and be everything to everyone because then you won't succeed. I give that advice to my kids a lot as well. And then I think it is being authentic to yourself and your vision and sticking with that. You need to have your own unique voice, your unique aesthetic, and really find a white space in the marketplace to fill. Gigi, how do you define success? Gosh, that was a super hard question for me. Um, I'm not someone who defines success by money. Um, that's a great thing to have because it makes allows you to be independent and have choices, but that's not really what um, fills me up. I think what fills me up is when I give 110% and those small wins and seeing 
people that are inspired by my story, you know, and I've always wanted to be successful and I've always wanted to keep going until it was accomplished. So I feel like success for me is just a feeling, like a good feeling at the end of the day. Yeah, it's exciting when you have an idea that people love and are excited about and want to be a part of. Yeah, and um, I do so many events in, in stores where I meet the customers, and so many of my friends' teenage daughters are like, wow, I want to do that one day. And seeing my kids, um, my one son, my eldest, wants to start an underwear company, and the other one's selling clothes online. And my daughter's like mixing conditioners and shampoo to start a hairline, like, So I think at the end of the day, what really feels like success to me is when I've inspired others to live their dream. Right. And so your kids are watching you be so driven and successful that it's inspiring them to want to follow in your footsteps. Yeah. And I see that also with customers or even you mentioned it, you know, so I think inspiring other people to kind of live up to their potential. Makes me feel good. Beautiful. Okay, well, I think you've answered all of my questions. And again, I'm so grateful that you took time to come here because I know how busy you are and how much you're traveling. Um, I'm going to bring Callie back because Callie has a few questions that she would like to ask you. So, Callie, you want to jump on in? Hi, yeah. I'm excited to learn more about the company. It's such a dynamic brand, and you guys have an incredibly authentic voice and vision, which is so cool. Thank you. Um, A couple things that came to mind just when I was looking into the company, you and your co-founder, Kiana, are of different generations, and I was just curious what it's like working together and how you feel that you learn from one another. Yeah, I think that um, we found our groove in working together, and it takes time to get to know people um, and their strengths and weaknesses, and I think we're the perfect pair. You know, Kiana has a very detailed aesthetic eye, and she knows what the younger generation is looking for, and I bring that wealth of experience and, um, you know, confidence and Um, just that experience with the retailers, et cetera, to the table. So I think our strengths and weaknesses complement one another. I think also Kiana recently had a baby, and so now she has a newfound respect for me with my three kids, and she can see, you know, that there's a lot that goes into raising a family and balancing that work and um, family life. I think you guys just touched on the essence of what She Dynasty is about. It's, you know, really about bridging um, the gap between generations. And so this idea of older generations learning from younger generations, I think the magic really happens when the experience and the wisdom meets kind of the new fresh eye and thinking and understanding Mm -hmm. how the world works today and when you put those two things together it's magical so I love to hear that it definitely is and I think that this journey has been magical and again it's in part because of the two of us coming together yeah sounds like you guys have a collaborative great dynamic we do the other question I wanted to talk to you about was the nonprofit organizations that you guys work with I wanted to know what drew you to those causes 
Yeah, well, as many of you know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month as we focus on our deodorant and just healthy, clean lifestyles. We wanted to donate a dollar from every purchase to F Cancer. It's an important cause. It's something that's on everyone's mind, and, and we really believe in giving back. Not only do we donate to that during the month of October, but we also have a year-long project um, with Waves for Water. And one of the deeper connections with Waves for Water is they actually bring water sources to communities in the Philippines where our coconuts are sourced. So in the next year, um, we will be traveling to the Philippines, my husband, Kiana, and I, and potentially our kids. And we are going to be building houses for the people who work on our coconut plantations who have lost their homes in natural disasters. So we'll go there and build those houses and we'll team up with Waves for Water who will bring water to those villages and the local schools. So it's a really great partnership and I think it means even more to us because it's intertwined with the source of our coconuts which are so critical to our brand. Absolutely, that's a great cause. Well, thank you so much for answering my questions and giving us a peek into the company. It's been incredible and I'm feeling inspired and I'm also going to run and go buy all of your products after this. Thank you. Thank you, Gigi. 